All right, here we go. Welcome to this episode of Bevon with another interview uh, today. I am joined uh, uh, joined by uh, or joined. What's the what, what, I'm looking for a purpose? I'm in education. I should know. Uh, today, Mark Marquinez is joining me from Mostra. No, Mostra Coffee, located in San Diego. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm good, Leonard. Thank you for having me, man. <laughs> Uh, we've been fans of yours now for uh, the past couple of years. Uh, you haven't, the, the company hasn't been around that long. It was founded in 2018, 2017? Uh, no, 2013. We've, it's uh, oh, 2013. almost 10 years. Shoot. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we've, it's, it doesn't feel like it though, right? We're just kind of moving along and really trying to push it forward. But as your head, as you're working in the trenches and your head is down, you kind of lose sight of time. So, pretty crazy See, i'm gonna send you the article i read and so that they didn't do they didn't do fact checking on it because that's where i got the yeah. date from so 20 so you guys been around for 10 years wow yes sir yes sir um, yeah <clears throat> go ahead no go ahead go ahead yeah we've been uh fans uh in the beer sense because you guys have been doing uh you guys have been knocking it out of the park with a bunch of collaborations with some high level breweries um but before i get into that uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and and how uh, and how Mostra came to be? Yeah, no. So, um, I'm Filipino American, um, like a lot of Filipinos. Um, you know, you're either going to be a nurse, or you're going to be in the Navy, or you're going to be a a postman. A lot of times, right? My path was chosen by my mother. Uh, I'm originally from the Bay Area. I was born on the East Coast in Connecticut on a submarine base. And then I moved to uh, the Bay Area when I was like two, around two, two to three years old. And um, yeah, my mom uh, has, been a, has been a nurse for a very long time. And I felt like it just made sense. My cousins are nurses, my aunties, my uncles are nurses and doctors. So it just made sense. It's a respectable, great paying, stable job. Right. And, so why, and, and high demand right now too. I mean, like high. It's historically been a high demand profession. Yes. Yes. High demand. So pretty much, you know, uh, you know, my mom, my parents, they came here uh, with the American dream, right? And it really was to to, to carve their own niche here and, and create their own uh, legacy here. So um, they they needed something stable. So my dad was in the Navy, and then my mom became a nurse. So hence why I, I was supposed to be a nurse. I went through all the schooling. Um, I went to college uh, for nursing, uh, but it just wasn't my thing. Like in between nursing and, and trying to make money, I would work at restaurants or um, in it. I was always in and around the restaurant industry. So it was one of those um, things that I always enjoyed, but I always knew isn't supposed to, I guess, be my the path right uh, that was essentially designed by my my mom and you know she, she obviously means well and she wanted me to to have the same stability and 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 um, um you know just just something that is respectable right right and but and you wanted to, did, and you wanted to do something different than that i did i did i i left I broke my mom's heart. I left eight months before I graduated with my bachelor's to cook food. Kind of That's a kind of an opposite. It's still customer service, but kind of a different, totally different direction than the than the health medical industry. It, it really is, and it really um, they're very 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 similar. Like you said, right? It's the, it, you are in the business of customer service, whether you're in the back of the house or the front of the house or bedside. Right. But, you know, I didn't want to compare the two um, being a nurse and, and taking care of people is definitely something that's extremely important. So um, but also feeding people is extremely important, too. And oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I pursued that. Um, I educated myself. I used some of the credits that I had in nursing and uh, pursued my bachelor's in culinary arts and management here in San Diego. Um, uh, and yeah. I decided I was work. I well, I worked in and around San Diego, um, but I wanted to challenge myself. So uh, right after I got married to my wife, um, Stacy, uh, in two thousand and eight, 
um, I left pretty much to go work in New York and then shortly after go to Chicago. So I worked in Chicago. I worked at the Michelin level at the restaurants I was at because um, I wanted to see where I stacked up, you know, here in, in San Diego at that time. Uh, there wasn't much of that scene, right? It's a very laid back, uh, you kind of know what you're going to get type of town at the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, a lot of talent here, but um, a lot of talent ends up leaving because they want to chase, um, you know, different levels of, of cuisine or different, uh, different types of kitchen environments. Right. So that's what I was after. For me, it was a challenge. I wanted to see how far I could take it. So and, and so as you're doing that and you're 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 working in different restaurants and and mm -hmm. how does the idea of coffee come into that? I'm sure you cook and you cook with coffee. And I'm sure you're use you're utilizing it as a tool in your, yeah. in your trade. How does yeah. that that passion lead to its own endeavor? Um, I've always been. Um, so I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd at heart, right? So I've always been interested in coffee, but it was more for the, like the caffeine side, right? Because when you're in school or working long shifts, you obviously need the energy. But um, then I started when I was in Chicago. I started frequenting like craft coffee shops there in in Chicago, and their scene is completely different from where our scene is was at that time in terms of coffee in San Diego. So I was blown away, you know, uh, and then YouTube was still kind of fairly, it was around, but it was still fairly new. And I was watching these just videos of people doing pour overs and, uh, you know, just espresso machine breakdowns and, and all that stuff. And that just really fascinated me. So I bought my own, when I moved back uh, to San Diego, I bought my, my first like, dual boiler espresso machine and you know burr grinder and i just nerded out and that's kind of how it was um, i would i would roast coffee in a pan i i just buy green coffee uh, off the website and off a website or online somewhere and i would take like a like a like an infrared thermometer and i would pretty much just stir and agitate the coffee beans in the pan um, or uh, use a modified popcorn popper uh, and roasted my own coffee that way. So uh, sucked most of the time, but <laughs> how are you going to learn unless you that's try it? Right? learn, right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of, that was like my dabble into coffee was really uh, through whether it was through school or through uh, working on the line or working late shifts, right? You just survived off, off coffee. It's like lifeblood in the kitchen. So, uh, but for me, I took the, I took it to the next step and I really just started even blogging about it. When blogging was a thing, Leonard, it was like, remember, like, I don't know, like, like 2012, 11, I was like blogging about different techniques in coffee and manipulations of flavors via grind size and, and stuff like that, right? So, and I was documenting it. So that's kind of where um, I was like, man, this is really fun. But never was it in my thought until I, I, I met my partners, my, my partners now that uh, it was going to turn into like, like, a, like a, not only a career, but a passion project. And um, yeah, so. So let me reach over here because uh, you're, you're still on the clock. I'm off the clock. So I'm going to I'm going to do a uh, I'm going to virtual toast you with what I have here. Uh, and so just a little background um, about my experiences with you guys. Uh, and we'll talk about the uh, the Mosterland event that you guys do annually because I've, I've attended the last uh, the last two you've had. Oh, uh, you have? What? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, I got my I, I have my official uh, uh, Moster glass. What? From the uh, from, I guess this might have been probably three years ago, maybe. Um, so that was that at Liberty Station? Yes, it was. That's correct. That's yes. Correct. Yeah. That that was uh that was crazy, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah I never good. know. I never know uh like who goes or uh -huh. you know, because it's, it's just there's a lot of people, right? And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Know. Yeah. And you know, when we when we do the interviews, I, I really try to contact people that, that we respect and that we enjoy. And uh, definitely you guys are ones that have been hitting it out of the park with the beer collapse. Uh and so this is, uh, and so we 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 met officially at Wake Fest probably about a month ago now, 
Um, and you guys had a big, big uh, showing at uh, at the Wake Fest. So this is one of the bottles that was available for purchase. Uh, this is called Cubans with the Jesus Peace. It's plantation coconut rum barreled aged imperial stout uh, with coconut, um, Mostra Ghost Bear Espresso, and Tahitian vanilla vanilla. And uh, this is a collab with Jay Wakefield, uh, Gull, Moxa, and Mostra. And uh, I wanted to wow. do you, a pour. You're doing it right. Where are you based out of, Leonard? Uh, I'm in I'm Monterey Park, which um, which oh, is LA. Yeah, which is LA. Okay. Um, most people hadn't heard of it until the the tragedy that occurred probably about maybe two months ago now. Uh, and we just had uh, Joe Biden was down the street from my house, uh, literally probably I think this week or last week. Right. So we're getting a, wow. a, a unfortunately a lot of a press uh, attention because of the tragedy that occurred here. So um, and normally a pretty peaceful neighborhood, um, but when you guys have the event in San Diego, uh, we 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 make the trek down there. I mean, it's not too far, a couple hour drive. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, so I definitely support. I got the official I got the official glass here. <laughs> Proper glassware, here as always. Cheers! Thank you for joining us, Mike. Cheers, Leonard. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Um, when we talk about collaborations, how did that start? Uh, so, so most so for example, if I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back to how we started in in pretty much in a garage in. Uh, I have three other business partners, uh, Sam and Bev. Uh, Bev is a professionally trained opera singer. Uh, Sam, uh, USC graduate, uh, Army veteran. Uh, he worked for one of the richest uh, skilled nursing facility companies uh, on the West Coast or uh, in the U.S., actually. And then I have Jalyn, who is a actress in Hollywood. She did a lot of hosting jobs, had her own TV show. And then me as a chef, right? So we came together. Really, the, the mission and vision for Mosha was to be able to abolish um, poverty in the Philippines via coffee as the vessel. Um, coffee farmers, um, for the most part, are very just disgustingly underpaid and overworked, and we wanted to change that, right? And um, we also wanted to provide generational wealth for these farmers, right, so they can earn uh, not only money to get by, but also to, you know, put their kids through college or buy new machinery or, or, or equipment and, you know, hire, hire more farmers, get more volume out of, out of their farms and be more efficient. So that's, that was, that's really why we started. Right. Um, and obviously bring the community together. So I had to kind of let, you know, just, I just want to talk about that first. Yeah, sure. Um, and so it's ultimately, we started in a garage. Um, we said, hey, how are we going to do this? And I was like, well, you know, at first we were just going to we just going to open a cafe. Right. So we we're just going to open a cafe and serve other people's coffee. But we were like, that makes zero sense if we want to make an impact. Right. We should be able to control the raw from the raw product to the consumer. Thus, we, we, it ensures that we know where that money is eventually going to be going. So, um, so they said, well, Mike, you cook, why don't you roast coffee? And I was like, tight, let's do it. So, you know, we bought our first one pound roaster. It's a sample roaster that we still have and we still use, um, almost burned the house down, uh, after a couple of times and got the hang of it. Um, and I started offering it. Uh, to friends and family, uh, we started kind of like selling mixtapes out of a trunk type of situation, uh, getting the name out there. Uh, at the same time, um, being an extremely big beer fan, beer nerd, uh, whiskey, bourbon, scotch nerd, right, as well. Uh, I've been drinking whiskey for a very long time. Beer came into my life, like actual craft beer in about 2010, Okay. Right. When I still, when I really started like dabbling into it, um, uh, being in San Diego, it's really easy, right? At that time you have right. Paul Strauss, Coronado Brewing Company, Ale Smith, yep. Ballast Point, um, and it, uh, I'm forgetting one more, but Stone, um, Stone, Stone. Stone Brewing. Wow. Yeah. It's a big one. Those were to us were like the godfathers of beer at that time. Right. And, uh, and I'll do respect to anyone else that was around at the time. So, um, 
I would frequent a bar called Tornado yep. in San Diego. And I would rub elbows with brewers and, you know, cellarmen and beer tenders all the time. And, you know, uh, I would ask a lot of questions because I was my, my gateway drug to coffee beer was uh, Alesmith uh, Speedway Stout. Oh, that yeah, was like absolutely. One, that was my my big aha moment. Like, wow, beer could taste literally like this. It was an adjuncted it's an adjunctive beer. It's a coffee stout, right? But you, you're, you're introducing coffee into a stout. And I'm like, wow, this is. Yeah. And they thing. were, you, and they were using quite a different, uh, quite a lot of varieties of, uh, of coffee. Um, Correct. Way back then. And I'm even still now, but they were kind of at the forefront of experimenting right. with the different coffee beans as adjuncts. Yeah. So um, they did the, um, they did a, a, an event once a year. I think it was like a, a night of a million zillion speedways or something like that. And it was, that was an event that was amazing. Uh, but this was like around 2013 ish. Uh, I was like, man, uh, talking to a couple of brewers and some of them were like, Hey, you know, um, I was like, I would ask questions like, how do you make your coffee beer? And they would be like, yeah, so we do this, we do that, you know, uh, water quality, hop selection, all that stuff. They go through the whole process, right? Tons of hours, tons of blood, sweat and tears go into creating a product. Right. And then they said like, well, and then we get the coffee. I was like, where do you get the coffee? Well, well sometimes we just go to Vaughn's and go out and get it off the oh, shelf. No. And no. We'll look at the label and it'll say like vanilla, macadamia nut. And I, they'll be like, oh, that sounds great. You know, and I'm like, so you spend all that time in hop selection. You spend all that time in creating a recipe, water quality, all that stuff. And then you bastardize your final product with, with shitty coffee. Right. And it just didn't make sense. So I, I'm, I'm a problem solver. Right. And I want, I'm like, how do I like not let that happen to a community that I love? Right. right. How do I, how do I help that situation? I'm not saying all the brewers are doing that, but there was quite a few sure. that were actually doing it. Right. And I'm like, man, I get it. Like it's easily accessible, but you know, and craft coffee in San Diego at the time was, you know, still on the up and up. Right. Yeah. But still, like, why would you do that? Such a dominant flavor, right? So, um, I don't know. I just I felt like I needed to provide a service. Uh, I needed to provide a service to our craft beer community, and I kind of just developed a a way of almost like a, as a consultant, like, sure. uh, um, and I I guess taking meetings, uh, or not taking meetings. I'm sorry. Um, actually just trying to figure out how people introduce coffee into their beers because everyone has a different way of doing it right there's yeah. different ways of introducing whether it's just in a you know ground coffee coarse ground coffee in a bag and they just let it sit on the cold side or they they put it in a hot back they recircuit they, they taste it or so on and so forth right or a blend of whole bean and coarse ground and so i wanted to be the guy who can say hey i own a coffee company i have a roaster I, I want to be able to custom tailor this coffee to your beer that you spent so much time and effort on, like a fine Italian suit, so that we can make sure that the end result is just the best. Yeah. If you're putting all that care into, exactly what you said, if you're putting all the care into the beer side, you, you yeah. have to put an equal amount of care into the adjunct side, which in this case is, is the coffee. So do you, so do you remember who the first colla the collaboration was with? Yeah, so uh, my buddy Derek, Derek Galinosa of of Moxa, uh, okay, yeah, he's you know now recently announced that he's going to Gold Brewing uh, with Jason uh, Pizarro down down here, which is great. He's like coming home, so uh, he was actually uh, my he was like the beer nerd. Like if I say I'm a beer nerd, this guy was god tier beer nerd, right? back as far as 08 09 i would do these private dinners and he would literally homebrew in his mom's kitchen floor yeah for my events can't really do that legally right but you know at the time you had to do what you got to do and <laughs> i knew his stuff was freaking amazing and it, I, I would hate to not present it to my guests and share it with the community right so anyways he at the time was working at carl Strauss. Right. Okay. Uh, world famous Carl Strauss. And he was a night brewer at the time 
Um, and then he went into sales. And I think he did both at one point, uh, but then transitioned into sales. And he pretty much um, pitched it to the brewer and was like, hey, like my buddy has a, you know, coffee company, he just started one. Um, he has a great blend. Uh, he has, he has, a, he has, a, he has a, a great palette for this stuff. Like why, why can't we try it in one of our beers? And the first beer was actually Wreck Alley. Um, okay. Uh, I think it's an oatmeal stout, uh, but nevertheless, it was super legendary for them, right? It's, a, it's an amazing beer. The, the, just, just it by itself is just fantastic. So um, they, we decided to do it. I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, like we're actually going to be like served in places, right? So um, the, the, how it was released was cask, right? All cask. They will tap it at 5 p.m. at the same time up and down the coast. All over, wherever Carl Strauss is, they're going to tap it at the same time. That was a big deal for us, right? Like, we went to our local Carl Strauss, and I, we felt like, like rock stars. We're like, we yeah. walked in, yeah, that's our, that's that's our coffee, <laughs> you know? And, and I, I, know, I know what the, the, the beer tasted like. And how I fine-tuned it was literally I just wanted to complement what they were already doing with the base beer, right? Because there's there's ways to to that I think my mindset when I go into a collaboration is have a bet have an understanding of what the brewery does already, right? Yeah. And what their strengths are, in my opinion, right? And that's through experience, right? That's tasting, right? That's how you get uh, experience in beer is not only understanding the, the brewer's process, right, but it's also um, getting to know the brewer, their methods to their madness, and also tasting their beer. So um, I've had a ton of rec alley, right? So I already knew what I wanted to do with it. And then they tapped it, did really well. They actually even put it on at different bars as well. And it did really well. And I was like, man, this could be something, right? And then then that turned into another collaboration with, um, with Ale Smith. That was a big one. That was a pretty big game-changing one for us. That was an online release. It was Alesmith recently at that time. Or at that time, they were voted best brewery in the world, I believe, in 2013. I could be I could be wrong, but... Um, and this was a, a Speedway Stout variant that you guys collabed on? We did their... So, yeah, we did a Speedway Stout variant uh, called Jamaica Blue Mountain. Oh, okay. I was having whiskey with Bill Batten, who is like you know, again, legend in, in brewing here in San Diego. He was the brewmaster of Ailsman at the time. But again, you're rubbing elbows, all these talent, all these talents at these bars. It's like cheers, right? You go to cheers and you rub elbows with, you know, strangers or friends or just people you see on, on a normal day getting off work. So so, the, so the, getting back to the Jamaica Blue, which I've had a bunch. Mm-hmm. So it, every time they release that, that's your coffee? Um, no. So the first iteration of it, which is super special, right. Um, um, is, was our coffee the first okay. time we've done other projects with them as well, yeah. but I always call that one out because that one really, really like put us on the map. People are talking about us on beer advocate, Oh yeah. you know, who, like who the, who is Mostra? Like what's a Mostra? <laughs> like um, the beer sold out online. And I think in four minutes was pretty fast. Yeah. I think, um, uh, we went from start to finish. We sourced this rare barrel of Jamaica blue, which Japan procures about 70% of all Jamaica blue mountain coffee. So there's literally, we found luckily somehow the last barrel in the U S oh, okay. and enough coffee for the project. And I pitched the idea of introducing cold brew instead of ground coffee or whole bean. Oh. See, that's a that, that's a that's a conversation I want to have with you because I'm I'm a home brewer and mm-hmm. uh, and the re- reason why I purchased the coffee was because I'm gonna do this as a, a stout uh, with with coffee a coffee stout. Um, nice. so, I'm, so I'm hearing you say these different techniques, and I've been researching online about how the dry be- the dry bean process primarily sure. provides aroma, and the cold brew prior to bottling for the home brewer w- is gonna add the taste to it. So, yeah. So yeah, for sure. So for me, cold brew, especially for that project, like I'm all about like, it needs to just, just scream and be different. Right. So one way we did that was we, we cold brew every single batch 
And mind you, we only had one one pound roaster and we had to roast like 90 pounds or hundred pounds of coffee on an, on a one pound roaster. <laughs> so if you think about 10, like 11, 12 minute roast times on a one pound roaster, it's a lot of roasting. So myself and Bev and Sam and, and Lynn, we, all took, we all took waves because we needed, we were again, so starstruck. We were like, it's freaking Ailsmith, right? Bill Batten, you know, having whiskey with him was like, you know what? we could probably pull this off. So um, I pitched the idea of cold brew because it's full flavored. It's unadulterated, just concentrate, right? The problem, the only problem with that is dilution, right? You're going to have to, right. uh, whether it's the ABV or body, you have to be able to the plan ahead for that. Yeah. Yeah. Plan ahead and accommodate that. But other than that, like I've opened JBM now, like recently, probably in the last three months and it's still, no, no cardboardy effect, no green peppers. Um, it's just straight coffee, right? And it was properly selling as well. But um, things sold out in four minutes. We had a big party. We sold cold brew bottles numbered one through 60, right? People stood in line around the block on the day of the event. And we were like, what is going on? Like yeah. this is a thing, right? And you know, and then from there it just kind of took off. And then again, people talked about it and um JBM scored really high, right? In terms of beer advocate, um, untapped and all that stuff. Luckily, right? Because you can have all the hype in the world, but if it doesn't taste good, the public will sniff that out and call bullshit on you, right? So, so how many how many collabs a day would you say you've done with with breweries? Just total? Yeah. Man. Um, Ballpark. I think last time we were at it, it was like close to 1100. Wow. Yeah. We were pretty, we're pretty close. And that's, that's, that's cans. That's beer, That's bottled. That's draft. Um, but the, that doesn't count like homebrewers who use our name, which we don't condone. Oh, right. I, I, then I can't put, I can't put your, uh, <laughs> I can't put your, well, no, <laughs> I mean, I, who knows what they're doing with it. Right. But these are just people who buy it from our website. They say, oh, yeah. we, col we collaborate on it. Oh right? yeah. That's not a collaboration. It, it no, includes, it contains and it includes, but you can't say it's a collab. Right. <laughs> right. With Mosher coffee. Right. And, but the thing is, is the crazy thing, Leonard is like when people say with Mosher coffee, they already assume, oh, it's a collaboration. Right? I see. <laughs> and co collaboration to me is a two-way street, right? right. It is, it is a sharing of information yeah. and, and communication <laughs> between two uh, groups of people, and they agree on how the direction of the project, right. and they go from start from A to B to C to D, D to all the way through, right? So, and, and so including like that. Yeah, it sounds like you're highly involved in the process, but I think I think you're what you're alluding to is sometimes people do quote unquote collabs, and they're yeah. not necessarily involved uh, as as much as you are. Uh, yeah. I, I you know I gotta say I had a conversation with uh, with another uh, with another um, guest on the show. I I gotta assume the culinary training contributes a whole heck of a lot to what you do eat with the coffee and with the collaboration process. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think, especially from the infancy of my roasting uh, career, right? It was literally taking what I know about roasting a prime rib or a turkey, for example, right? And it goes through that journey of, of, of chemical reaction, Maillard reaction, and stuff like that, right? And it's very similar, you think about it. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, Leonard, like, you, like, whether I, you know, when I passed on head roasting uh, in 2019, right, to focus on growing the business, my main thing was, does it taste good though? Yeah. Like, a like there's engineers in our industry that are roasters, right? There's people who have been doing it for years, but at the end of the day, does it taste good? You could be doing all these things. Does it taste good? Source good coffee, source good green coffee, know your source, know where it comes from, don't fuck it up. Mother Nature did all the legwork. Just don't mess it up. Now, so. now, now, brag a little bit about some of your accolades because I was reading some of the 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 awards you guys have been given over the past ten years. So, what's your brag sheet like for uh, for your coffee? Oh man, brag sheet. Ugh. I mean, 
because you, you, I think I, I thought I read somewhere you guys won like like roasters of the in the United like the best roasters in the United States like maybe three years ago or four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my my hesitation is just like I'm not good at like just talking about like all that. Yeah, stuff. Like, you gotta, you gotta but yeah, you gotta but we're very we're. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, I'm I'm like thinking like in my head I'm like see processing and like mm, how should I, how should I word it so I don't look like it's like humble brag, right? Oh like, yeah, no. I mean, but you since know, you're asking a question, and, and, and it's hey, totally it, okay. Yeah, no, it's objective. I mean, you guys have been recognized by multiple entities as being the best in the country. I mean, that's yes. that's, that's a fact. Yeah. So 2020, we 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 won the the, in my opinion, the Everest of of our industry it's called uh micro roaster of the year it's anything under a hundred thousand pounds uh we actually applied in 2019 and we lost by one point but we made the top three which extreme is extremely hard you know so many roasters apply yeah and 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 what i love about the roast the roast magazine micro roaster of the award is that um it's it's uh, it's determined by not only uh the final cupping and tastings of the co- of the three coffees you're supposed to select for uh the judges to taste right blind uh versus the other three uh uh, finalists but it's also your body of work it's 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 a collection of whether it's uh your how do you how are you um how is your business in alignment and um pushing the boundaries or, or pushing the craft coffee uh, movement forward in a positive light, whether it's through innovation, community, uh, body of work, and, and whatever it may be. So that's why it's amazing. It's not just, oh, yours tastes good. No, it, it tastes good, but you you not only make good coffee that tastes good, but th- it does good as well. Yeah. So I mean, that's I, why we won. And that's an insane accomplishment. I mean, Mike, I mean, that's a, it's insane, right? You're 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 brewing coffee in your yeah. garage to give out to friends and family yeah. and 10 years, seven years later, you're yeah. on a, a national stage with the, with the, an amazing acknowledgement of what you guys are doing is the best. It's the best. And you know what the best part is, is how I started this interview was Philippine coffee. We want it with Philippine coffee. So not too many people know that Philippine coffee in the Philippines makes high quality coffee. It's probably only the, the 1% there but they have amazing coffee and we just showed it. So uh, by winning, by winning that, and that was a part of that. Right. Um, and then in 2022, uh, our head roaster at the time won. Uh, uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a national competition. Um, it, it goes through qualifiers, you know, semifinals, and you go to the finals in Boston, top 22 roasters in the nation. The who's who of roasting is there. Um, and then we won that, number one. So he won, and then he got to punch his ticket. Uh, we punched our ticket to go to Milan, Italy, uh, to represent the U.S. now in Worlds, like the Olympics. Yeah. Right? So each country, whether it's Indonesia, Japan, they all go through this process and having their finals, and then they send their their champion to Milan, Italy. Our champion went, uh, and we we went. We got eleventh out of twenty two. Nice. So wow. uh, we wanted to win it. Um, you know, but great competition, great experience. But to say that we had the opportunity to represent the U.S. on that kind of stage was uh, very soul satisfying and very, uh, very humbling. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. You're on a, a global stage and you guys are the best of the best of the country competing against the best of the best in, in it sounds like 22 countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that's really and that was, it was crazy just being in Milan, right? And just, you know, it's Italy. It's, yeah. it's you know, home of the cappuccino, right? right? It's where the, the the epicenter of coffee, right? So does, you, was, does your phone ring off the hook now for people that want to do collaborations? Oh, man. You know what? Like, <laughs> you know what it says on my phone? Like, I have nicknames for, for a lot of the... I, and there, so... What's super special about each collab, right? It's like, we've done so many, but I can literally, for most of them, I can um, pick out what they, which, which beer, what it was for, what coffee, because they're, 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 they're special, right? Each one is super special. People are always like, what's your favorite one? Well, I have ones that I think help push uh, 
this movement or in this innovation side of it, or this was super out of the box, but they're all super special. Does my phone ring off the hook? Um, not, not off the hook, but I, we, we get inquiries a lot and, you know, again, super, super grateful for every opportunity that we have. And, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, a huge brewery or, you know, a smaller nano brewery, right. We, we, we treat it the same way. So if, if I'm a brewery and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to make a, a coffee stout and I want to use Mostra coffee uh, and they reach out to you, there's one thing of just being able to supply the the coffee to them. The other thing is having these these relationships that you you have with, with uh, breweries um, mm-hmm. to do these collaborations. If I was a brewery and said, hey, I want to order some some uh, coffee for to adjunct my beer, can I use yeah. your your logo on my on my can? That's something you guys are okay with, or is it, no? It's got to be a collab, and we have to be involved with that process in order for us to kind of put up our our seal of approval, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, in the best case scenario, it's like we've met in person before, um, okay. or even via Zoom, right? And that's totally fine. Um, if they're like out of state, um, I meet them through people, so they're vetted out already. Okay. For example, as well, so that helps. Um, and then from there, it's just, what do you want to accomplish? I'm here. I'm, I'm here to provide a service, um, you know, and then we start from there. So are there any, are there any breweries that you want to collab with that you haven't yet? Um, I used to play this game a lot. Like, man, who would I really, really, really want to work with? But thankfully, like we've, I've been able to cross out most of them already. No kidding. Um, and again, it, it comes down to like, I always see it as we are, they're the bride, we're the groom to the situation. The bride gets all the attention as they should, right? They are the talent, right? We're here to support that situation and not F up the whole thing. Again, dominant flavor. We're here to, you know, finely tune this coffee to their beer. So if we're doing that, then we're doing our job. Um but I don't know, man. I, I, that's a tough one. You know what it would be? I, you know, okay, this might be really out of the box, but I think it would be it would be Cantillon, right? I think oh, that wow. would be a, that would be an interesting angle. And I have in my back pocket something that I feel like Jean Van Roy. If I were to have that opportunity, I have something that I feel like he would dig and and, and be interested in. Um, well, reading what? about reading about the, some of the coffee profiles from the website, and I, I drink the coffee. I don't really know a lot about it. I think the most research I've done is trying to find a, a coffee to adjunct a stat with. Normally, I just drink it. But looking at the yeah. descriptions on your website, you know, there's a lot of fruity notes to some mm-hmm. of the coffee beans that you have. So looking yeah. at a Cantillon Sour, I can see you, especially, you know, the palate that you have looking for yeah. some coffee beans that might either reinforce or complement um, some of the sours that they produce. Yeah. I mean, that you're, you're actually, you're, you're on the right path, but I, I think it's also a combination of actually utilizing the whole coffee tree, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, because it doesn't just have to be like this, this bold um, flavor, right? It can it can be a. Uh, it's like when you're creating a sauce, you're like literally layering flavors. You're deglaze, you're deglazing, you're introducing, you're re- reinforcing, you're layering, you're reinforcing, you're layering. That's really what it is, right? So you're playing with acidity, you're playing with sweetness, you're playing with body, and all that good stuff. So it's always contrast, uh, cut, and um, complement are the questions that I always ask. What do you want to do? So have you ever tried brewing beer yourself at home? (laughs) I leave that to the experts and my friends. So, you know, I understand it and I know, I know how to brew beer. I know the process of beer. I just don't brew beer myself. Um, so you drink a lot of beer. It sounds like what is currently in your fridge right now? In my fridge? Yeah, tell, and tell the truth. If, if it's PBR or Bud Light, tell the truth. No, oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> tell the truth. No. <laughs> Go take Honestly, a in my fridge, <laughs> in my friend, in, in my fridge, I actually have a fr- uh, a fridge of all the bullshit beers we've done. 
uh, a lot of the the more like memorables again like I, I really appreciate all of them but there are some ones that hit a little different than the other ones so that's in my fridge right now but in terms of just drinking drinking wise Derek sent me some amazing IPAs along with our, our collaboration beer uh, with Wakefield um god what else do I I have something else in there oh no I have um what's that tangerine beer uh, it's like five percent four percent it's like a rat like a rattler rattler grapefruit beer yes <laughs> I got a rattler the wifey loves sours um golly um Moshe Before Dying 2022 uh, that we we got to do with North Park Beer Company. Uh, we do that every year for our members. We have a membership, um, the the TME, the Moshe Experience membership, where yes. they essentially get front row to everything we do. So Yeah, I know that because when I was in line for the event, I saw everyone having those those uh, the badges, like the lanyards with like the VIP. And I was like, wait, what is that? Why, yeah. Why don't I, why don't I have one yeah. of those? You're like, how the hell? <laughs> yeah. How do so I get that? So yeah. they're different. Maybe you can explain a little bit to, to me. There's three, there's, I think there's three different tiers of membership and some include like monthly coffee subscription and some include beer. Yeah. So um, this year we kind of, it used to be just one membership. This year we had tiers because we, we realized not all breweries, uh, not all beer drinkers like coffee or not all coffee drinkers like beer as much as, you know, they would probably get with their membership. So uh, we created tiers. Uh, they do all include for the most part, uh, a quarterly box, but some have more perks than others. So, um, yeah, like they, there's some perks that they get to enjoy altogether, like events, um, or private dinners or beer dinners or things like that. But, uh, if it has to do with beer, like we're creating a member beer, it's the, it's the, 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 um, the craft beer tier gets to enjoy that. Do so, I get one of those cool jerseys? I see you guys show up at these events and you have all of you guys have those cool jerseys. How do I get one of so, those jerseys? So our, mem our members actually have um, access to that. They're the only ones that really do and they can buy it for their spouse and stuff. But let's let's talk offline and maybe we can work something out. So. I see those things and I'm like, I have to have one of those jerseys. They're super cool. And it, obviously it has the branding on it and the name on yeah. it. And, I, and they're, they're, they're high and they're high quality. I'm like, okay, I need to get one of those. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. For my next uh, Mosterland. So speaking of Mosterland, talk about that event a little bit, because I know you talk about like community work and kind of giving back. Tell us a little bit about yeah. how that event started. Uh, Mosterland is, um, it used to just be uh, Moster anniversary. Uh, we turned it to Mosterland uh, the last two events. Um, it started off as just, uh, I think we started on uh, our second year anniversary. We had it at a, at a, a restaurant that I helped open called the Cork and Craft Abnormal Beer Companies there, right? Um, and uh, we used to just have it at the restaurant. It was a free event, but we would I would take all the collabs that I did, uh, or or pick and choose some of the, the collaborations we did for that previous for the previous year, and put them on draft, right? I would source all these beers. We'd create beers just for the event, and it would just be this free event people would wait 12 hours 15 hours in line you know they'd have bottle shares in line um and we we're like holy cow you know and we obviously had the coffee bar we had uh food a dj uh, it was all under under this uh 5, square foot roof or in, in this whole in this building right um but it was just insane and every year just got bigger and bigger and bigger um you know derek would always every year makes our official beer uh for the anniversary whether it's m2 m3 m4 um you know most your fifth most your sixth most your seventh most your eighth whatever it may be so that's always a constant but um, as it got larger and, and, and bigger and crazy we wanted to be able to now, not just hit up the beer fans, right, but also um, the foodies, the, the craft cocktail people, um, and the people who just want to watch a good show. So we started bringing uh, live entertainment 
um, and so on. So it, it just turned into like a, like a festival of just, uh, of just amazing things that we do and collaborate with. Right. So, but, but to be completely straight, like it, it started, like for me, I can say, cause I deal with the breweries, uh, very closely. And I, I consider a lot of them, my close friends is that it's really an homage to the, the craft beer community, right? This event it's, um, because we owe so much to, to that community, um, in, in trusting us so much with a lot of their amazing projects. And I got to meet a lot of great people, make a lot of cool shit and we still are right. And just in creating. So that's kind of our nod to that industry. And as well as now cocktails and entertainment, right. And fittingly because Jalen, Bev, they're all entertainers. They're performers, right? They're, it makes total sense. Sam is performing his own right too, you know? Um, so it's cool. Yeah, that's kind of, you know. Did you go last year's? Wait, did you, I, I went to, yeah, yeah, of course I went to the last. Yeah, yeah. The, it was out on the, because you had a big affair, like a cultural fair thing too prior In the beginning. to the event. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely it was there. Wow, and how was yeah, it? It was great. It's it's a one of a kind of event, and you bring in you 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 have you have friends in high places because you guys bring in high level breweries that we really don't see too much on the West Coast, and so you know yeah. it's, it's one of those hot ticket items where when when are they going to announce the tickets? When are they going to announce? When are they going to announce? So then we can yeah. scoop up our tickets and make our plans. Um, yeah. But but it well, you had a lot of people there that you normally don't see in on the West Coast. You had vitamin C was there who were big fans. Oh, we man. just interviewed them. Uh, we just interviewed them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you had Mortalis who we don't see too much on the West Coast. I mean, you guys yeah. had uh, you guys had a, a lot of high level beers that were pouring one offs. You know, one of a kind beers that you won't see again. Uh, they're popping magnums of this and that, and so. Yeah. For for uh for you know beer geek like me beer nerd like me that's it's it's a it's a you can't miss that event. So yeah. uh, the last two and I guess my I probably didn't have one during COVID. So I did the last one and then the one at the uh, Liberty Station. I think. Did you do the one at the hotel? No, that might have been a prior year. Uh, yeah, prior we did year. one at a hotel, and then right after that we did the pier the first time, which is was twenty twenty, but January. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty. So that's that one. But what did you like last year or, or the year before at Liberty Station? Um, I guess I would prefer the Liberty Island venue, just because the it was it was and it was an interesting layout because you had uh, on one side you had like a kids area, um, yeah. You know, you tried to make it kid friendly, and then right. right when you got to the entrance, there was the the food sampling, uh, and then you had the coffee bar, and then you had the stage. And then way on the other end of the side, you had the beer. So it was, I guess yeah. it was a little more spread out for, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I always say I'm an introvert, but it, you know, it's, it's spread out. And so uh, I think the Liberty Station had more room to move around with. Uh, I, was yeah. afraid, I was afraid someone was going to fall in the water uh, last, uh, <laughs> last Oh God, that's our fear all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's wait a second. Fear Someone's gonna drink too much, and they're gonna plop in that water, and, yeah. and we're all gonna jump in to save someone. High gravity or high ABV alcohol, coupled <laughs> with water and no no barriers. Like, oh, here we go. Yeah, um, so it, it was, they're both great events, and I look forward to the uh, next one in uh, what six seven months now. Uh, um, I look forward to that event. Quite possibly, we might skip a year. I know there's a lot of breweries oh, okay. trying to skip anniversaries. Um, just it takes a lot of work. A lot oh, of yeah. effort, a lot of bandwidth. But uh, next year, uh, for for ten, so it would be Mosher nine. But it we've really been in business since two thousand thirteen. But we're celebrating because we didn't officially like start celebrating. So we're kind of off a year. So next year will be Mosher ten, but really wow. eleven years in business. Um, and so ten's going to be crazy. Ten's going to be crazy. I, I I, it should. <laughs> It, it be, will. Right? They'll be. You're, you're too modest. <laughs> you're too modest. No, crazy out of we control. We hope so. We hope people want to come. You know. Um, but yeah, to to 
Yeah, Liberty Station was great. It was it was huge. It was ginormous, man. It was too yeah. big. And the reason why we did it was because it was still COVID, right? It was still oh, like yeah. not saying COVID is gone, but like we wanted people to feel like safe. Yeah. Right. And still have a gathering, right? That was like a kind of taboo-ish at the time. Right. Um so but yeah, man, like we 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 love to put on a show and like you said, like all these breweries that come out, they spend time, they spend money just to come out here and celebrate yeah. some little old coffee company in North County, San Diego. Like it's crazy. Like, and these aren't just, when you think about like these events, like it's not, they're not just sending marketing people. Oh to yeah. Beer. They're setting this, the, 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 the head brewer, the brewmaster, the, the owners, CEO, they're all coming out and, and celebrating with us. So it, it's super like, it's super humbling. Yeah, yeah, definitely meaningful. I mean, again, like at the Wake Fest, there was a lot of uh, brewers there and 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 owners there. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's, it's yeah, it's an important to people bring people together, especially now, kind of you know, on the tail, hopefully the tail end of COVID, to just to get back out. You know, the last couple of interviews I've done, people are saying like these are kind of the first big events that have been happening in the craft beer industry since we've come out of uh, lockdown. So. Right. So it's good to get back out there to see people and interact with the uh, interact with the people in the industry and the fans. Uh, it's 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 good to kind of be able to go back to that again. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So I'm I have a much... question for you. Can oh, I ask you a question? Absolutely, ask me a question. <laughs> uh, do you remember the first time you had a motion motion collab and what that was and what oh. is your favorite one of all time? Wow. I I I honestly couldn't tell you what the first one was, um, but I I will say this much though I've had that Jamaica Blue Mountain and I had the first version of it, so I I pay what I say that's probably my first uh, first Mostra uh, collab yeah. was that uh, was that Jamaica Blue it was we were big I mean we still are fans of Ailsmith but back then they were produced and they still are but it was it was the thing you know. I always yeah. say like uh, like biologic fundamental observation when that first hit that was like yep. a big thing. That's one, yeah. So uh, Al Smith and that Speedway stout that was the big thing, and they had the variants. They had like the Kopi one was a big variant. I know back in the day, and yep. the uh, Jamaica Blue Mountain was a big variant back in the day. So yeah, uh, I would say I definitely have had that. Um, yeah, we, we did that. I, we did Kopi. We did uh, Beer Geek Speedway. Oh, okay. So. Um, we did a, we did a couple of them, but yeah. So I, I I enjoy them. We know the name. We do the events. Now now I have the coffee that I just uh cold brewed um earlier today. I'm probably gonna bottle this weekend. I'll have to uh to go make Get the drive down. down to San Diego to bring you guys some bottles just as a thank you for uh for participating in the show today. Yeah, would love to try it, man. Would love. Yeah, to try I, it. I I look forward to Mosterland. If it's this year, great. If it's not, oh, we'll definitely uh, find it uh, the following year. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me today. This has been Mike Arquinas of Mostra Coffee in San Diego. Uh, I'm Leonard, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Mike, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Leonard. I appreciate you, man.